Welcome to Asimai Mice. Love you and I cause I love you so much. Oh, 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 I just love you. I just like help, help. I just like help. I just like you too. I just like you. I, 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 I just love you. Happy New Year! I love you. Say goodbye. Just going to school, and that's okay. Yum 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 yum. I just love you. Vitality vibes. Good morning. How are you? I am good. I think I was driving just then, and. uh Hit a nice little bump in the road there, so we're going to make sure my tires feel tiring, but all is well. How is everybody feeling on this fine-ass Thursday with their fine selves? I trust and hope that all is well. I really, 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 really do. And I have my trusty sidekick with me this morning. Gage, you want to say good morning? Good morning. He's headed to farmer's camp, and that's what he has going for him. And, uh, you know, we're just happy to be here. If you're in Atlanta, it is a cloudy, rainy day, and this is just ensuring that we get all the water, and sometimes we need dark places to grow. But while we're in these dark places, we must practice this one thing. And when I say this one thing, I mean this thing is major, y'all. And that's what brings us to today's show, and that is forgiveness. I just want you to sit with that word, forgiveness. How does it make you feel? We've all have done it. Someone has done it for us or to us. And so that is a... That is a never-ending, never-stopping, compelling thing. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Take it to the dictionary. Forgiveness. It's a noun. It is also an action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. And you know they love that they put a little sentence there. She is quick to forgive when she has overstepped the line. I want to get a little deeper into the meaning of forgiveness before we get to talking about the steps and how the process of forgiveness actually works. What is forgiveness? We say that we do it, and people are saying that they're quick to forgive and quick to forgiveness, but a lot of times you still hold it, and that's when that grudge comes in. So psychologists say that generally is defined as forgiveness, generally is defined as a conscious and deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment, towards a person or group who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now let's take it to the good book, okay, because that's just a general meaning. We did the definition during the meaning. Let's get into the Bible. What is the biblical meaning of forgiveness? To let go, simply just let go. We always hit them with the let go and let God. But do we really let go and let God? Do we really? It's so hard to let go. Give it up. I'm going to wait right here. Meaning of that, letting it go. It is an essential act of parting off offenders. In the Bible, the Greek word translate to forgiveness literally means let to let go. 
is when a person does not demand payment for a debt. Forgiveness is paying a debt. That's not a good book, does it? Now let's check out the spiritual meaning for my for my woke people. And even though we got the biblical meaning, it, it gets deeper on a spiritual level. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Rather, forgiveness means let letting go of the any type of grief, drama, trauma, ill feelings, any type of emotion. We can also forgive to give ourselves a peace of mind and hope that one day the person will return the favor if we offered it to them. So when I say forgiveness is that two-way street, you can forgive somebody who doesn't even know they hurt you. And then when somebody hurts you and knowing that maybe mentally they're not as capable as you are mentally, you have the forgiveness on them, even though they're the one that hurts you. It's just like when you say, like, I'm sorry. The apology for you to release your wrongdoing, when you, re- when you give that apology, that's you releasing the energy of it and receiving peace behind your shortcomings or your, your faults. But for them... It's acknowledging the wrongdoing of them and admitting so and being brave enough and bold enough to express that. Again, feeling. It's a feeling. you got to express it. And then when you really, truly forgive somebody, I I don't necessarily agree with this part, but I'm learning because I am still a supernatural being having a human being experience. So my higher self doesn't understand this, and we have experts on the line who can who can elaborate on this. But when it says you you want them to forgive you in return, I think that is a selfish kind of I forgive you in hopes that you forgive me. And so that's not quite letting it go because they're still holding on that they will do something that you want them to do. People do what they want to do, not what you want to do, and not always what's right. But they do what they want to do just as you do. So I don't know if I totally agree with the offering the forgiveness and hope that they will come back and offer you forgiveness for forgiving them. Because what is the tier of forgiveness and how far up do we climb in the forgiveness tree? (laughs) But it's all about perspective as well. So here's three types of forgiveness or three types of ways forgiveness, you can forgive or or what forgiveness looks like. Forgiveness also embodies three different things on which applies to different situations and provides different results. So you can do a release, you can do a forbearance, or you can do an inauguration. Exnoration. I want to make sure I said that right. And then these, depending on the situation, depending on the circumstances, depending on the prior conversations and events that happen, they'll fall under these ways. Now, one would say, why do I have to forgive somebody that has wronged me? And I think it it boils down to you holding on to things that don't even serve you, have a purpose for you, your better good at at heart, your advancement, your development, like it doesn't house it. So being able to forgive shows that you're healing and you're healed and you no longer want 
people to have energy over you or have a type of hold on you mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually. Take it a little further before I get into the ways on forgiving people. Let's talk about the man of man's, okay? Let's talk about Jesus real quick. My guy took all the things. All the things. All the things that you do, I do, they do, she do, he do, we do. Um, all the things of everybody in the whole wide world. He took them on, forgave us. Because he said we didn't know what we were doing. Because, again, we're still having this human experience. So the things we can do on this human level, our higher self frowns upon. Our higher self is like, whoa. You made that decision? Whoa. And you know when you've made a decision that doesn't sit well with your higher self, you feel it in your gut. It's called your gut instinct. You know you haven't made the right decision or uh, the right act. You know it's not right. You can feel it in your spirit. You can feel it in your bones. You'll continuously have the thoughts in your mind. You will continue to play the situation over and over, and you just you you still sit in that that emotion, that feeling, and it becomes one of those things where you're like, "Dang, I'm letting this consume me," but I keep saying I let go. I want to forgive them, but I can't. How many of y'all been victims to saying that? <laughs> Man, I just cannot forgive them for that. Yes, you can. Why you can't? Why would you hold on to that? So one of my mentors, she doesn't even know it. I don't think she, well, I know she doesn't know me. I think she's passed away. Um, Louise Hay. She talks about letting go and forgiving. And I love, if you've ever read any of her books or any of her audios, heard her speak, she's an, an amazing woman. And she talked about holding on things and forgiveness. And when you hold on to things, you hold on to sicknesses, discomfort, diseases in the body. If you don't let these things go, you can create a cancer in your body from being angry, from holding on to grudges 10 years ago, 15 years, 20 years ago. And why, why would you even give somebody that power to be able to change the way you feel and communicate based upon you not feeling the way. You don't you wanna hold on to something because they did me wrong and mm, mm, and you still feel the same among you know, the brain is beautiful. The brain doesn't really know time. So if you go ahead and continue to relive rehash out, rehab a conversation, replay, redo, rebound, feel those emotions, the body does not know how to decipher, is this not happening now? Is this happening right now? This is happening right now. So I must act right now in this manner. I I have to do this. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is absolute crazy. Why would you hold on to that? Why would you create a a disease in your body? Why would you create that? Why would you do that? Think about it. Think about it. So now we're getting into... When you release this, although you offer forgiveness for the other person, because that's when we say we're sorry, I'm sorry, that's for the other person. But then 
when we do it, who feels better? We do. Who looks better because they apologize? We do. Who becomes lighter and less likely to be hurt by this situation? You do. So why wouldn't we want to do that? Why wouldn't we want to administer forgiveness for those who who wronged us or who thought they wronged us anyway? Because when people do a certain kind of way, some of it's on them and some of it's on me. So now we want to get into the ways on how do you forgive. I want to forgive them, but I can't forgive them. They did me wrong. You know how they did me? Story time. Story time. Because we all have had, we all have uh, been held victims of, of people just wronging us. Single mother. I don't glorify single motherhood because everybody needs help. People need people. Partnership is, is ideal. But in my relationship, it ended based on my significant other cheating. All right. Some of us have been cheated on. Some of us have been a cheater. Some has been the cheated. Um, we can justify it sometimes. We, we'll, we'll get, but at the end of the day, if you're in a committed relationship and you guys have already set your goals and, and your boundaries and your do's and your don'ts and your rules and your regulations of your relationship, then there comes a time where when those things are broken, trust is broken, sometimes people can't go back from that. That's, the, oh, that's their breaking point. That's their ultimate no-no. Now, for me, I was okay with forgiveness. Like, okay, you cheated. All right. I started blaming myself. Well, you know, maybe I wasn't the best girlfriend. Maybe I wasn't the best um, communicator. Maybe I didn't fulfill the needs or whatever Whatever that was. Uh, let's talk about it, and let's see how we can move forward and be better because that's the type of forgiver I am. Now, the type of forgiver he was was I don't feel as appreciated in our relationship as we used to. And I go, well. Understandable. I work all the time. I just graduated. I was in college. I just graduated. I'm working two jobs. I'm paying all the bills. You can't find a job, but you you telling me you don't feel appreciated or valued. Okay. Is that a my fault? Is that a my problem or your problem? Okay, cool told me he found someone that appreciated him more than I did. So at that moment, I forgave him for cheating. I forgive him for even finding peace with some other person. But what I couldn't forgive we created a person together and now you are leaving me to rear this human by myself. And this is my first time in this time, this place, this space, this situation, the, the circumstances, this. I didn't know how to forgive from that. And this is very well true. That's why we are talking about it today because maybe you are someone in a situation who does not know how to forgive at this time in this place with this situation. And so I didn't understand how I was supposed to forgive. I I couldn't for the life of me understand how I'm supposed to move forward and this is what's going on. How do I get from here? How do I come back from this? 
I have a whole responsibility, another human to rear. How do I come back? And then I had to think about it. It was I, 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 me, 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 whoa, 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 and why, why, why? Sweetheart, why not you? Not condoning single motherhood or single parenthood because single dads are doing their thing out there too. But, again, it happens more so often than than relationships that make it, you know? And up until recently, I didn't realize I still haven't forgiven that situation because I still allow myself to go back and be angry sometimes because in times when I need a partner, I was still hanging on to that anger because I couldn't find the answer. The anger for me was my son's father not providing a clear answer. As to why he's not around and why he doesn't help and things in the box. So then I had to administer forgiveness even more and take, some would say, uh, an aggressive approach because I kind of did the most with this. But what I did was I, if you can't come to have a relationship with your son, then I will bring your son to you for you to have a relationship with him. Because one, I need you. Admitting that you still need someone even though they wronged you and even though they did things that wasn't how you wanted to be treated, but that's a part of forgiveness. So I need you. I need help. Here's your son. Let's do the things that we need to do. Let's put the steps. In me doing that, he has started to forgive himself because he didn't know how to forgive himself. Once again, forgiveness is for both parties, but more so for yourself. You got to forgive yourself. You got to let yourself know and talk to yourself like that was then, this is now. You're better now. Because of the situation, you grown tremendously in this one area. And now you are an effective communicator. Now you're a better listener. Now you know how to ask for help or receive help. Now, now you can really embody forgiveness on both parties for you and for them. Now let's talk about more ways because that was my story. Shout out to my kids, Father Marcus Patton. We love you, brother. We always praying for you. And I'm grateful that he engaged or cultivating a really good relationship without me. Because the truth is, one of these old mornings, and it won't be long, somebody's going to look for one of us, and one of us is going to be gone. And we both have to have a relationship with our son because we don't know the day nor the hour when God is going to call us home. So let's continue to build this foundation for this person that we have created to let him know he is loved and let him know we're his resources, to let him know that the sky is the limit. He can do anything he put his mind to regardless of the stipulation that the world has put on him or the stigma or the label that he has. He can achieve greatness because we instill greatness in him. So let's get into the ways on how we truly forgive. Now, before I get into these ways, I'm going to give you my ways. The way that I enjoy forgiving my is literally writing it out. Writing it out what they did. Writing it out how I responded. Writing out how I wanted, wanted to respond. Writing out my faults and then telling Georgia in the mirror, I'm sorry. I forgive you. Giving myself hugs and pats on the back, I'm sorry and I forgive you, giving myself time to grieve, to feel my emotions, to cry, to be 
sad, to mourn, to do the thing, all the things, feeling. And also my 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 latest and greatest one is to get some help. So how do you truly forgive somebody? How do you release these things and let it go and move forward and continue your life and your greatness? Seek compassion first and foremost. I wear a sweatshirt probably once a week that says compassion is so gangster. Compassion, having compassion for others. That is the most effective way to heal by finding compassion, not just for others, but for yourself. Give yourself some compassion and give yourself some grace. You deserve it. Compassion. Compassion. Do y'all administer compassion? When the last time you you had someone had compassion for you and you had compassion for somebody? Compassion. And give it compassion to yourself first. Step two, when releasing things, speak them, say them, I release the hold that anybody has had on me and I send it back to them with love and light. Release it. Be happy about it. Be happy about you forgiving people. Be happy about forgiveness for yourself because that allows yourself to let go mentally, physically. When we be angry and we be mad and grumpy all day, that whole belly fat, okay? I like my abs. So I can't be holding on no grudges because that whole physical weight, mental weight, emotional weight, it holds weight. So be happy and forgiving, but don't be so quick to be right. Let me break that down for you. In forgiveness, don't be quick to be right. Oh, I'm right and you're wrong, so you better you better forgive me. Uh, I forgive you because I'm right and you're wrong. No. Be happy in this and, and you're administering compassion and you are happy about letting a situation go. You're happy about addressing it. You're happy about being able to just, Close that chapter and open another one. You don't always have to be right. And even if you write, nobody needs to know I'm right and you wrong because they're still holding on a portion of that that you're not all the way forgiven. Another one I like to do, y'all, <laughs> and if you know me in real life, you know this, forget about it. Forget about the situation. Forget about the person. Forget about it. If they did the ultimate no-no in your book to you and you know that there is no way you can ever forgive this man, mourn them. Um, this is harsh. But mourn them like they died, honey, and forget about it. Forget about the other person. Let me unplug a little short story here. Had a guy I was dating uh, early in my in my twenties, yeah, not teens, twenties, and he was a um, he was a party promoter, so everybody knew him. You know, he was all the things, the flashy, the cars, the everything, all the things. And I was just happy to be on his arm because I wanted that life. I wanted that life. I wanted to be seen and not heard, as they say. <laughs> but if you know me, you know you hear me before you see me. I'm little and loud, as they say. And so 
he wanted all the things that came with that life, and I thought that I was enough for him. So he had girls, you know, friends, money, all the things, party promoters. So at the club, he's the man, all the things, y'all. And one day, it was like a celebrity party or something. Now, mind you, we've been, at this point, we've been talking about three, four months. So in my mind, you know, we're moving forward, and I'm almost his girlfriend because I make up things in my mind, as most women do. And I went to the club that he was at that night, and I was, like, trying to get in the club. And I wasn't, why am I getting in line when my dude is the promoter of this party? And so, you know, I went to the front, like, where is so-and-so? And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm so-and-so's girlfriend. They was like, okay. So you don't have to call them people because you ain't on the list. Now, earlier that day, I've been texting this person. He like, I got you five on the list. So I got me and four other girls. So you got me standing outside. This club was crazy. And now we got to stand in line. Oh, yeah, it was cold, too. And you know in your 20s, you don't care about the cold. You just care about being cute. But you're cold. And um, we were just trying to get in the club, and he wouldn't answer his phone, nor would he ever come out and, like, so we got in the line, y'all. The line was crazy. It was like 30, 45-minute wait line to get into this club because it was popping. Matter of fact, it was like, um, I think it was like the finals that happened, or NBA finals that happened. So whoever had won was celebrating in Atlanta after they celebrated wherever they were. Like some of the some of the team were in Atlanta, and it was all the things. So anyway. So, when we finally got in the club, like, whoa, you know, it, it took us a while to get in there. So, you know, I went and found him, like, y'all was waiting for you in the club. And, and he was in a section with girls and partying. He had another girl on his arm, and they was looking real chatty, and they was looking real thin. I'm like, what is going on? But I knew this in the beginning, but I thought that I was better than anybody else, and he wasn't going to do me like this big thing in the bathroom. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, he didn't know me. Y'all, he act like he didn't know me. He act like he did not know me. And that hurt my feelings so bad because I'm with my girls and, I, you know what I'm saying, done talked you up, my, my man, this is my man, that. And, and you don't know me because you're somebody else's man. Friends was like, girl, you don't deserve this. We're going to go. I'm like, y'all, we just stood in line 45 minutes. We paid to get in the club. I think we paid $40 to get in the club. They was like, we don't care. Let's go. Ain't nobody finna do to have you looking crazy. My friends loved me more than I loved myself back then. Girl, ain't nobody finna have you looking crazy. We finna go. So we left. I forgot about him that night. Blocked his number and deleted it. Weeks went by. Weeks. So I answered it because I didn't know the number. Found out it was him. Hung it up. Kept it moving. Months. Month went by. He called from another number. I answered because I didn't know who it was. Finally, it was him. Me. I release you with love and light is what I would say. And hang up on him and keep it moving. Eventually, he got the picture and stopped calling. Years went by. And when I say years went by, y'all, this was in my, my 20s. <laughs> this was in my 20s. Y'all, I saw this man in my 30s. And when I say 30s, I mean, I think I saw him <laughs> last year. And he walked up to me like, good, Gigi. How you doing, mama? And I knew exactly who he was. <laughs> but I said, I'm sorry, excuse me, do I know you? He said, it's me. I said, okay. He said, isn't your name Gigi? I said, yeah, there's some people. He was like, Y'all remember me? And I was like, I am so sorry. And I was like, you know, maybe you just got me mistaken with somebody else. And he was like, confused, y'all, like so confused. And I had the straightest face. And I'm talking about I should have got, and the Academy Award goes too. Okay, because for 15 minutes, he looked crazy and perplexed and confused and just 
discombobulated because he knew it was me. <laughs> I know it's me. But I treated you just how you treated me that night in the club. And that was probably like 10 years ago. And I realized I still was holding a grudge. <laughs> so I had to release it. But my way of releasing was letting it go. So after I let it go, I forgot about that person. I hadn't thought about him since that year, honey. And when I saw him, I just thought it was so funny. Hilarious. But then, even though I did all of that, I had to go back and ask my higher power for forgiveness. Remember I told you, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle of forgiveness. I forgive you, you forgive me, we forgive ourselves, and then we ask the higher beings to forgive us. Woo, we live this whole world on forgiveness. You got to forgive. You got to go and seek counsel with your higher being. Forgive me for the wrongdoing that I have done. Forgive me for what I contributed to them people doing me wrong. Forgive me for thinking the thoughts, saying the things. Forgive. 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 Forgiveness. And then let's talk about, I think this was a couple weeks ago, show the perspective. Or was that last week? Last week or two weeks. Perspective. Get some perspective on both sides of the situation, both emotions from person to person, both mindsets. Get some perspective. You never know how people were, were reared, their upbringing, their childhood, their traumas, their dramas, their lifestyle practices get some gain some perspective because with perspective comes clarity with clarity comes that aha those solutions number six and if you're just tuning in number one was see compassion in yourself and others. Be happy, not right. Forget about that person. Ask God for forgiveness for you for having these feelings and doing the things. Getting some perspective. And then the most important thing you can do is give it some time. We have all the time until we have no time. Some of us use our time wisely. Some of us use our time. Some of us waste it. We waste other people's time. And it's forever going. This clock is it's a rolling, not a stopwatch. It never stops. But give situations some time. Give people their space. Give people their, their growing pain. Give them their time to go through the process or grow. Acknowledge what happened. Acknowledge the time. Literally, it was a time in your life. It was just for that moment. It doesn't mean that it has to alter your whole life forever and always. But give yourself some time. time and then maybe when you go back and have a conversation because time has passed or you gave it some time or you took the time to work on yourself maybe they took the time to work on themselves maybe you you took the time to seek counsel and ask people all the things you took time you took some time 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 is all we have until it's gone. But time is the most important thing of all the things in forgiveness because it takes time to forgive others, yourself, God. And then we're back in that cycle of forgiveness. 
which brings me to number seven. If you have administered all the things we have talked about above, still have that feeling in your heart, that feeling in your gut, that feeling in your in your spirit, feeling in my bones, you know. I always say, I feel it in my shanana. <laughs> Seek counsel and get some help. Get a therapist. Get a therapist. Get a therapist. You try one therapist and it doesn't give you the results that you think, swap them out. Get another one. But really put in that work on getting some help. Because allowing people to have that type of power over you and forgiveness and you're not being able to forgive, child, they either don't know or they don't care. And you just holding on to this energy and this energy needs to be released, but you hold on to it and you hold on to it and now your heart becomes weak. Now your stomach is weak and you can't eat the food you want to eat. Different diseases and disease and discomforts are starting to ail the body. Aches and pains are more prominent. Negative self-talk is happening more so than normal. You had a spiraling downhill. This is the beginning of the mist of your demise. Get some help. All the help. When I was growing through my situation, I always came back to my first two loves. Running and dancing. I love to dance. It is how I express myself. It makes me feel alive. Other people can receive my gifts and they feel my emotions based on my dance style. Running and working out has always been it for me. I'm a long-distance runner. The more I try to figure out an answer or solution, a conclusion, I take it back to running. And however long it takes, y'all, four miles, 13 miles, or somewhere in between, That's the help that I got. And now the help that I have is a help that can help me not only mentally, but it helps my business. Having a psychotherapist as a mentor and a friend has all the perks, y'all. One they're in that profession because they've already grown through where you are. Two, they're in that profession because they truly want to help others that used to be like them. And then their perspective is always an enlightening one, enlightening one. Some help. Forgive me. There's a little saying about forgiveness, and it's called like it's a it's a little act. I guess the automatopoeia, whatever. It's called the four R's, and it says responsibility. Accept what has happened and show yourself compassion or remorse. Use guilt and remorse as a getaway. You can get away to a positive behavior, and that's where we would like to go with this, but sometimes it's a negative behavior. So restoration is that next R, though. 
make amends with whoever you're forgiving, even if it's yourself. Make amends. Life is too short. People are dropping like flies, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just the old dying. The living dying, I mean, say the um, young dying too. So the living better live. And then we're going we're gonna to take it to renewal. Learn from the experience and grow as a person. And then that remorse. That was the getaway. So responsibility is accepting. Remorse is using uh, guilt as a getaway to a positive behavior change. Restoration is making amends with these people and yourself and then renewal. It's a new day. It's a new mindset. Happy new day. Happy new me. Is that you can administer daily because it is a daily practice. It is something that you have to continuously bring to the forefront of your mind and say, that has happened. I am better from it. I move forward. I release it. I'm and I keep it moving, and I'm restored, and I'm, I'm made new, and I'm going off to be great for this day. Oh. And these are just some steps. If you're still having all the things that are happening to you, and you want to just let these things go. Whether you've hurt yourself or you hurt others or people have hurt you. Because there's a, that's a little saying that says hurt people hurt people. So we no longer want to be hurt people. We want to be healing people or heal people. So acknowledge your pain, okay? Acknowledge it. Hold on, let's let it go by. We hope everything is okay wherever they are headed to. But yes, yes, Doug, acknowledge your pain. Express your emotions, whether it's to that person or it's to a piece of paper. Exactly what you want. Understand, overstand, and understand exactly what you want. Let go of the guilty thoughts or the hurt feelings. Stop. Please stop. Replaying what happened. Tell yourself that you're sorry. However it went, tell yourself you're sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Georgette. And then make sure that you have a positive outlook on this and you are doing positive things for your growth, just for you. Do it just for you. Again, y'all, let's give a little bit of it today. Anybody have any questions, comments, their thoughts that they want to leave for anybody that is on today? Sorry, I had to wait till the dog was done. Garbage man drove by, so my dogs were freaking out. <laughs> I had a fire truck go by on me. Yeah, small town, but we have like four garbage companies and things. Okay, so question for you. In the beginning, you were talking about the different things of healing. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on what each of those was? Mm-hmm. Three of them. I'm trying to find my notes, girl. I just have, I've never heard of this way, so I'm kind of curious on what they You meant. say you never heard what? Them put that way? So I was just curious on what they meant. 
Hold on, you're a little low, Mary. I can't hardly hear you. Because I want to know which ones you're talking about. The three that I started forgiving? Yep, the three unforgiving, sorry. Okay, so it's E-X-O-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. I want to make sure I said that right. <laughs> exoration, forbearing, and release. What does that exoration mean? Let's look it up. Exoration occurs when the conviction of a crime is reversed and either thought, either and even through demonstration of innocence, a flaw in the conviction or otherwise attempt to exonerate or convict a partially controversial in a death penalty case. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. So basically, you're wrongly accused. Yep. It is a reversal of a criminal conviction through demonstration of innocence, a flaw in the conviction or otherwise. Those are the three ways of forgiveness, though. You was wrongly accused, and they got to fix it. Forbearance, I've heard it, like, more so to do with, like, money. So, you know, um, yep. That's a forgiveness on like, and then the releasing of it. So we could be holding on the grudges, child, and we need to be forgiving people because we was wrong. Yeah, I know, and it's really hard to do, especially when you know you're not wrong. And that's why I said, be compassionate, not right. That's true. My struggle is is the person keeps doing the same stupid thing over and over and over and over and over. And you can only forgive them so many times before you just want to backhand them. Right. Especially when it involves your kids. And you know they didn't do it. You know what? I feel you on that because... That that's one thing that I'm working on too, because I used to be like, oh, Gage would never. Oh no, not my kid. But guess what? When they're not around you, they ain't around you. True, but when things happen, I'm around. But I can't leave them outside. By themselves. no, no, no. I, I was saying for me, so I have to look at oh, both yeah. sides. But think about it. And Mary, you can attest. Oh, we you both know, have I babies hope. on spectrum. They're not lying. They don't lie. I don't know if it's a thing where they can't lie or they just live in a um in a in a truth realm. It's a little Cause of both. Know, I, what is it? It's a little of both. It's not that they can't lie, it's more their brain don't operate under that realm. Okay. It's kinda like we always call it the filters busted in our house. What goes in the brain goes out the mouth. Okay. So it's, so basically the first thoughts that come out of their mouths are usually the first thing anyone says. You know, you look at facial expressions, you look at emotions, you look at, you know, movement. You can tell if someone's lying on little tiny things, like give it away. You, know, you may say no, but you're shaking your head yes. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree. I would definitely agree. With them, it's just, well, one, lying takes an imagination. And a lot of our gifted children don't have that because they've never had the option to learn what an imagination is and how to use it. They've been taught to just survive. That's so true. It's sad. It's really sad. You know, like I spend, like my husband was complaining about the kids and their progress progress in certain levels were behind. And I go, yes, but that's because we're not focusing on that. We are focusing solely on imagination this year. This is all we did for the year was learn what imagination was. Because you need that imagination to solve problems and 
figure out life for yourself. It's like, you know, like I always tell my kids and I tell my husband this too. I go, I don't care what they do at home within reason. But if we're out in public, they're going to be on their best behavior, especially if mom's right there. And for the most part, they do. Well, you know, no kid's perfect, thank goodness. For sure. But also their brains move so much faster than ours that it's just automatic. Subconscious comes out when they talk. Now, what you say? It basically means your first instinct is what comes out your mouth. Um, you know, like when you're making up a lie, you're, you're taught. As you're coming out with that story, you're talking a little bit slower, trying to remember yeah. what you said. Where with them, you just everything just spews out. So they don't have that that level yet until they start learning how to slow their mind down to be able to do all that. And that and they under, they have a harder time understanding our the language. And so they get that grasp of language. And, you know, the, my other theory, or one of my theories is, too, is that most parents with kids like that tend to put, tend to put them in categories or schools with other kids like them. And when they're at home, they're kind of ignored. So how do you learn how to interact like a regular person? And I hate that word, but I don't know a better word of describing it. Like everybody else, if they're not around everybody else, to know how they interact. That, yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't want Gage to to be in the profound class at school with his IEP. I still wanted him to be in, like, general classroom settings because he was very impressionable at that time. So he brought home new behaviors that he wasn't having because he learned them at school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of my theory, is like the baby theory. You take a bunch of babies, put them in a room together, one cries, they're all going to cry. <laughs> yeah, they do. And so you take that kid who didn't have meltdowns and regulated, put them in with a bunch of kids who don't know how to regulate, they're going to sidetrack and backpedal a little bit because they're not that's at what, that level. That's what was happening. That's exactly what was happening. Well, and that's why there's that fine line that you got to have with them and under, explain things to them. And, you know, what, what my son finds the most offensive is when you – get down to their level and you talk to them like a kid and expl- you dumb it oh. down for him. You know, you, you talk to him in that, that teacher voice or that soft voice and you explain to him like he's, you know. And they're looking and, at you like, why are you talking to me like this? Right. And he just tells you he's not dumb and he's not a baby. Mm-hmm. He's okay. like, I don't understand you. What? 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 <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. That's like now the whole sharing concept is backfiring on me. Like, son, especially if he wants something and you have it and he wants it, he looks at you and he goes, share. Oh, he tells you to share. You said we have to share. So can can you share, please? You know, you need to share. Because we taught them to share. Uh-huh. We taught them to share. Yeah. And we also have forgiveness. We're getting you know, there. I apologize. Slowly. I know when if he thinks I'm wrong in something, I apologize to him immediately. And I and I asked him, why Why do you feel that mom is, is wrong? And you know he coming with the opinion. You know he coming with it. 
know what the sad part is, though, is they're not wrong. No, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. When, when I'm wrong, though. I know, I know, but their opinion is a logical explanation that makes sense to where you're back in a corner and are wrong. <laughs> you know, I go through the same thing with mine. It's like everything you teach them, they turn it around on you. And they re-explain <laughs> it to you. And it's like, you know, I even tried the line that we got from our parents, do as I say, not as I do. Man, child, please. These kids are listening like, girl, what? <laughs> and then they look at me and they just, no. That's wrong. <laughs> mhm. Gage is telling me, this is very frustrating. That's how he communicates. This is very Good. frustrating, Mom. And I don't like it here. I'd be like, okay, feel your feelings, son. Feel your feelings. That's right. Do you ever ask him afterwards what frustrates him or what part, what does he need to be comfortable in that situation? Oh, yeah. And he tells me because he feels like I wasn't listening to him. I go, well, sweetheart, I, I did listen to you. No, you're not. You didn't listen. You kept on talking, and I and and it frustrates him. So I have to be quiet so he can express himself, so he can hear himself. And then he goes, "Okay." I said, "Well, Gage, I did it this way because this, this, and this." Oh, well, Mom, well, I didn't, I didn't like that way. And I said, "Well, how how are we going to do it next time? With well, this time, if you could just." ask me or if you could say it nicely or you know and it's all with Gage's tone if you if you say something in a in a tone that hurt his feelings he's going to let you know and he doesn't like for you to use that tone that is it girl I, and that's the yeah, one thing that it. I emphasize because I forget it all the time I get mad and I yell yeah yeah and and, and they're like well even even if they're wrong or doing something, because sometimes moms, we yell when we, you know, they might be in danger or, hey, don't do that or something. He's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I'm like, well, Gage, sweetheart, you almost walked into the street and got hit by a car. Like, yeah, you didn't have to yell at me. I'm going, well, for your safety, I did have to yell. No, you didn't. And he told me, you're disrespecting me and you need to talk to me better. Whew. I almost passed out, y'all. That's but when I tell my kids that they need to check their outside voice because their inside voice, or check their inside voice because their outside voice is going to get them in trouble. <laughs> okay, I like that. I got it from a friend of mine. He said that to his kids, I'll say to him all the time, Ariana knows that she's stepping that line of expressing her opinion, but yet mm-hmm. order disrespect. And then she'll catch yeah. herself quick. Because there's just some days mom does not have the patience that God gave her. Yeah, and I agree. And that's just not because our kids got superpowers. That's all kids and all mamas. Time it it really two. is. Mm-hmm. Cause I, t- I think that tickles country every time he hear me say it. When uh, this lady told tell me, I am so sorry because I was I was at like a like a thing and we was talking about, you know, our kids and their differences and superpowers and she just came up to me and was like, I am so sorry. I'm like, what are you so sorry about? And she's like, I'm just, I'm so sorry that, you know, you have to deal with that. I just kind of looked at her, I'm so sorry that your kids are normal. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I didn't say normal. I said, I'm sorry your kids are regular. (laughs) The other comment that always irritates the crap out of me is they go, oh, but you're not stressed out. You should be stressed out all the time. Why should I be stressed out? 
Well, you know, and I've talked to a lot of parents, and a lot of the parents that are stressed all the time are the ones that don't give them the time of day and teach them how to be a productive person, and they get into everything, which is kids in general. It's not just gifted kids. It's all kids in general. If you don't give them that time and give them what they need to entertain themselves and be self-sufficient, they're going to get into stuff and cause chaos and trouble. And they don't know how to regulate. They don't know how to do anything. So they're screaming. They're yelling all the time. They're always getting into stuff. And those, you know, the ones that always expect their kids to be at one level and not actually knowing who their kids are and and, and what they are good at, what they're not, what you know, who they are, and accepting them for who they are, and have to micromanage and control everything. Hell, you do that with any kid that's going to be stressful. Man, all kids, no matter what it is. And I know some but kids, they're scheduled from sunup to sundown. It's insane how many, how much stuff they have them in just to keep them occupied. For sure. Yeah, I know I dropped off Gage at farm camp this morning. So he's been farming this week. Next week, I'm trying to put them in mass camp. For the month of July, but, I found a STEM camp. <laughs> right, but you it's, it's a, a camp that he does. He's got a swimming in the morning. He's got a camp during the day. But you don't have him in five different activities throughout the day, all day long, to where he can't just relax and be a kid. Oh, no. You, girl, this camp is over at 4 o'clock. He's still, we're still going to go <laughs> to a park and be a kid and do the things and uh, everything. Like, we're not going to not do these things. You know, these are the parents that have them in dance and sports and band and cheer, and they're doing, then they're in, you know, coaching classes and stuff to learn how to do their craft better. You know, they're constantly in different activities throughout the day, so they're always being shuttled from A to B to C to D and never just oh, breathe. You're right. Never just get that moment to just be a kid. Mm-hmm. That's important. That's so important. It is for more ways than we can realize. So we are out of time for today. For sure. Mary, thank you for today. Thank you for forgiving me. <laughs> for what? What did you do this time that I don't know about yet? Oh, no, you always know. I'm just saying we was about forgiveness. It's for me oh. and for you. So. <laughs> so join us back here at noon. And Bob Oakley hosts the show. And join us tomorrow at noon Eastern. We have a birthday celebration, which leads us into our Golden Rule celebration. Uh, Monday was Captain Len Kane's birthday, and tomorrow we're honoring him on his show. So have a good day. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us. See you back here later. Bye for now. Peace, y'all. Keep being great on purpose. Give a dollar away, maybe even two. Step back, watch it grow, and see just exactly what it will do. See you later, girl.